0: The new Super Beats Hard Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.
1: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.
2: TV with calvin and barry just two crazy fans of the sacramento kings and they sharing their opinion so be sure that you subscribe it's for the fans by the fans whether you chilling on the couch or while in the stands for laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year we're here drinking beer talking about the kings be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring yeah What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. Unfortunately, the Kings lose tonight to the Brooklyn Nets 109-85. De'Aaron Fox leads all scorers with 26 points, and he is actually the only Kings starter in double-digit scoring. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button down below, and if you'd like to join the Royal Family with Calvin, Vinny, and I, make sure you hit that subscribe button before the shot clock expires.
0: That's right. What's up, everybody in the chat? How y'all doing tonight? Rough game for the Kings, of course. They really shot horribly, just under 26% from three. Uh, which is way different than what they had been doing the fa- past few games, especially guys like Harrison Barnes. So they really just shot their themselves out of this game here, even though they were able to kind of get back into it in that second quarter. The third quarter was a disaster. <laughs> Seth Curry, I see a lot of people in here in the chat talking about Seth Curry. He's probably going to be the most underrated player in that trade. He's perfect for Brooklyn, and he had
2: a fantastic game today. And he's got the right last name. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, we would appreciate a five-star rating. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can always join us live after every game on YouTube.
1: We'll be right back with your Kings nightcap. We're here. We're drinking beers. And we're talking about
2: your sacramento kings Hmm. shout out everybody in the chat tonight mike i see you gothin jeff fred welcome charlie welcome 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 dennis ivan welcome guys hopefully you had a wonderful day and evening watching kings basketball unfortunately the kings do get worked in this game they have an extremely slow start i think they were down 30 to thirteen, Some point in the first quarter, they yeah. were down by 19 in this game early. The Kings were able to rally back. They never led in this game. The most they were down by was 24 points, only 12 assists tonight for Sacramento, 18 turnovers. They shot horribly in this game. And uh, yep. Calvin, I'm seeing a little bit of a pattern here of teams missing their first, second, maybe third <laughs> best player in the Kings cannot capitalize. That is true. Although...
0: You know, a little asterisk next to this one, because even though the Nets were missing their top three players, they still have a lot of really, really good players on this team. Andre Drummond starts today for them. He's an all-star. Patty Mills, championship experience. He's been one of the best three-point shooters in the league Mm -hmm. all season, as well as Seth Curry, who's his backcourt partner now. LaMarcus Aldridge, Hall of Famer, coming off the bench. Uh, This team still has a ton of talent, and the Kings just did not – shoot well enough to play with anybody today i mean only 85 points on the other side of the coin they only gave up 109 only one 30 point quarter surrendered by the king's defense that was in the first quarter they did get off to a really slow start um they weren't really moving the ball as much today as we have seen in in the past couple of games only 12 assists tonight which is not enough Mm -hmm. part of that is just because they they shot horribly right so there were a ton of open threes That were missed which would have been credited as assists but part of it is also that i think as they started struggling shooting more and more it became sort of this isolation type game especially in the second half De'Aaron fox just trying to get to the basket over and over and over again
2: yeah we got to see a little bit of trey lyle's tonight a little bit of josh jackson late in this game due to uh you know the score I love what I saw out of Dante DiVincenzo in this game. I know he didn't shoot well, but I I am just shocked at how good of a rebounder this guy is. It it is truly incredible. He's a total player. And he does stand out with those awesome shoes, too, which is is (laughs) pretty cool. But we're going to talk about him here in a little bit more, but I I just love what I saw from him. We saw a couple runs tonight by both teams. The Kings had a 15-4 run in the second quarter to bring them back into this game. Uh, And they were only down by one at one point. But like you mentioned, they didn't shoot well. They turned the ball over too much. And the Nets were just able to close out the game late.
0: Yeah. And the Nets got out in transition, too. Transition threes are a killer for a lot of teams. Sacramento is definitely one of those teams that gets killed more uh, than other teams in the NBA by those. And when you're playing against guys like Patty Mills and Seth Curry... Uh, you better be picking up in transition. Otherwise, they're going to kill you, and that that's what happened today.
2: Yeah, we saw Sabonis pick up his third foul, you know, right around halftime, first part of the third quarter in this game. It didn't really seem to affect him too much. He wasn't as aggressive as he normally is, and I think the size of a guy like Andre Drummond really affected his rebound ability oh, yeah. in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you're missing shots and just the whole rhythm's off, it, it really makes it tough on every single player to do what they do best. However, I did see him protecting the basket tonight, and he was very, very active down below. Unfortunately, it doesn't really show much on the stats sheet with only one steal, one block, three turnovers for him tonight. But it just goes to show how new of a team this is. Like, we have all these new guys that have come in, six new guys in the past week, all being integrated into a, a new offense, a new team, and uh, they, need, they need some practice.
0: Yeah, they definitely need practice. They need reps, game reps, practice reps, all of that stuff. You know, I, I still – it's one game. The Kings were not going to win every game for the rest of the season, even though they might have to win the overwhelming majority of them just to get sneak into the play-in tournament with the hole that they've dug themselves. But, you know, their defense really – it wasn't horrible today. I mean, I wouldn't even really call it bad. They gave up a, a few open shots – Um, The transition defense was not that great. Fred, thank you very much. We appreciate you a lot. Um, But, you know, a lot of these were contested shots. Seth Curry, Darren Fox was hounding him all over the court. He was playing great deny defense. Mm -hmm. But Seth Curry's a phenomenal shooter. He's one of the best in the game, and he he made some tough shots today. That's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. But only giving up 109 points, like – Hey, well, I'll take that every single game. You know, this is one of the best. I realize no Kyrie, no KD, all that stuff, but it, they're still one of the best offensive teams in the NBA.
2: Yeah, Goffin, birthday or anniversary today? 25th anniversary? Is that wedding anniversary? Oh wow! Congratulations. Either way, congratulations and cheers to you. On Valentine's Day, nonetheless. That's. That makes a lot of sense. I yeah. bet a lot more people have anniversaries yeah. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. It's probably like the most yeah. anniversary day of all. But um, so I got to say here, Calvin, some things that really pointed or, you know, just shot out to me in this game. We talk about energy. Uh, we talk about effort. I still saw that in this game tonight. You know, the, yeah. even though the Kings were down, they didn't shoot well. They didn't give up. I saw a guy smiling on the court, not in a bad way, not of like, oh, we're getting blown out by 20. I'm, I'm going to smile here and talk to all the other players and stuff like that. But it, it actually looks like these guys enjoy playing with each other on the court. You know, they're still communicating. Yes, they didn't make shots tonight, but they had the energy and they were out there. They were still communicating. They were talking. They were passing the ball and uh, they just looked like they were having fun. Yeah,
0: you know, I think there's this is still kind of the honeymoon phase for getting right past the trade deadline, right? I mean, if you're these players that came over from Indiana, maybe not Justin Holliday and uh, Jeremy Lamb, but certainly Sabonis, they've been hearing that there's a trade in the works for months and months and months now. I mean, they mm-hmm. announced very early on that they were looking at a, a retooling or a rebuild. Um, so when you have that hanging over your head for a long time, It'll definitely get to you, and and getting this change of scenery, a fresh start with new teammates, that's going to be reinvigorating for you, absolutely. And you can make the same case for these other guys. Dante DiVincenzo, I mean, he's been lucky enough to be a part of a really great team for his whole career so far in Milwaukee. Had a lot of great experiences, won a title uh, but he's kind of always been on the, the edge of in and out of that lineup. And, and when is he going to get, you know, a, a bigger chance? And now he finally has that. So I'm sure that he is, is feeling a lot the same way. And then for these Kings players, you know, they've got to be thrilled, right? Yeah. First of all, not the Kings players that are still on this team didn't get traded. Even though <laughs> Everyone on the team probably thought maybe they were getting traded at one point here leading up to this deadline, but now you bring in a whole new squad pretty much, or, you know, half a squad, basically you've won a couple of games for a team that has lost a lot like Sacramento, just that alone, you know, winning three out of four games, that's going to completely change your attitude and your, your uh, demeanor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I like Dante a lot. I, I think that might be my next Kings Jersey is going to be a DiVincenzo yeah. Kings jersey. Yeah. I Vincenzo. I just love everything he does on the court, but, um, yeah, as, as you were saying, three out of four is good. I think the Kings missed a big opportunity tonight. They would have loved to win this game, be on a three-game winning streak, because sure. that next game against the Bulls, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, is going to be a very difficult game. It's always hard playing that last game, too, before the All-Star break. Guys are excited to see family members, to get right, out, right. have a little bit of a break. And then the Kings are going to have some time as well. And it just so happens that a lot of the Bulls'
0: best players won't be playing in that game. So you know what that means for Sacramento. <laughs> I hope not,
2: man. <laughs> I really I really hope the Kings can pick it up there. But uh, let's take a look at the box score, Cal.
0: Let's do it. As I get it pulled up here. As you mentioned, am I connected, Vinny? I think so. Yes. Yep. All right. Here we go. As you mentioned, De'Aaron Fox leading the way for the Kings tonight with 26 points. 9 of 18 shooting, not bad at all. Another 6 out of 7 game at the free throw line for him. I've been so encouraged to see him step up and routinely knock down free throws every single night. The problem was they just didn't get much from anybody else. The team only shot 34% from the field, 25% from three. Uh, Two other players in double figures scoring, uh, Davion Mitchell and Dante DiVincenzo, both off the bench, 13 points and 12 points respectively. DiVincenzo, eight rebounds and five steals in this game as yep. well. He was everywhere. I, I think Alvin Gentry definitely gave him a vote of confidence after that first game that he played. Uh, I heard Mark Jones saying that Dante went to Coach Gentry on the bench uh, for this previous game and asked him, "Are you okay with the shots that I'm yep. taking? Like he's yep. nervous, you know, new team, doesn't and want Gentry to do says, too much. Are you open?" And he said, "Are you open?" So you you saw him come in and immediately. He's been on the floor for like 30 seconds. He takes two threes. Yep. And, and that's good. I mean, you know, the second three, I, I wasn't really thrilled about. It was pretty deep, very early in the shot clock. But, hey, you, you're trying to, to break yourself in here. You, you like know, the get, get some shots up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, there's just not really much else to talk about for this team um Harkless tonight only two shots I mean this was by far his worst game did he get hurt or something the past couple of weeks I'm not really sure I didn't see anything out there only 18
2: minutes for him I didn't see anything and I actually liked what I saw out of him tonight like uh, yeah I love the lateral
0: quickness and like stay in
2: front of guys and and then they just didn't roll with him late in this game yeah
0: I think it was probably just one of those things where they they got off put themselves in a hole early got off to a slow start and you're, you're thinking, I've got a lot of these new guys on my bench. Maybe I try and get them some minutes here late yep. in the game, especially after the, that big run in the third quarter when the Nets uh, pulled away.
2: And we got to see a lot more of Matu tonight also. And, you know, I, I like Matu. I, I like the athleticism, the energy from him. But he just is, is a much different defender than a guy like Mo Harkless. He doesn't have the lateral quickness to, to stay in front of guys. Uh, so it's a little puzzling for me. But 19 big minutes for Metu tonight, seven points, four rebounds. And uh, we got to see some of these guys that we've been waiting on.
0: Yeah, very, very tiny taste of them just.
3: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Dot com, And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: Three minutes apiece for Trey Lyles and for Josh Jackson. Jackson gets up two shots. Trey Lyles doesn't even attempt a shot.
2: So in the post game, I know Matt Barnes was talking about Harrison Barnes, and he was like, yeah. you know, one of the guys who I've played with and I really like him a lot, who I've been kind of disappointed with this season, is Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, normally you know what to expect from him, but he's kind of been all over the place, right? Like, he started out this year so hot, then he he wasn't playing so good, then he started to come back up again. But it's just, it, it seems like there's games where he's just taken out of the game, like mentally or just not aggressive. Maybe not on the defensive end of the floor, but definitely on the offensive end of the floor. You know, three and nine tonight, only six points I think we saw him just a few nights ago Like take, what is it, seven or nine shots and have like 20 points. Yeah, 30 points, I think, actually. Yeah, seven rebounds for him tonight, two assists. Um, We got to see more from Harrison Barnes.
0: Definitely. That was one of my keys to the game coming in tonight. I felt like Harrison and De'Aaron Fox – you know the Fox and the and the Falcon. They they had a a really good opportunity here to lead the way. I knew it was going to be tough for uh, Sabonis having to go up against Andre Drummond, and then you have Lamarcus Aldridge come off the bench. Those are two real. I mean, those are two All Star centers that you have to deal with. Yeah. You know the whole night, uh, the entire entirety of the game. So um, the the Nets still have a bunch of really good versatile wing defenders. Though James Johnson was really big for them in this game. He was very big on defense. Made it physical and tough inside for a lot of these guys like Harrison Barnes. And, and he just struggled to, to really get momentum and get anything going.
2: Yeah. Bruce Brown started out this game so hot for the Nets. Yeah, I he's think he was like five for five all at all one point. over the point. place for them this year.
0: It's, yeah. he's, he's been a really good utility player for them. Played a ton of positions too
2: yeah brian seth curry was involved with uh james harden ben simmons trade so that's how he ended up with the nets and he absolutely killed the kings tonight 10 of 18 from the field 23 points seven rebounds five assists he was doing curry things and then also lamarcus aldridge 8 of 11 19 points for him big shots too big contested shots for him yep we got to see Rashawn Holmes come off the bench again in this game, kind of establishing this new role as the backup center for the Kings. I don't know when or if we're even going to see Alex Len again. Yeah. You know, he talked about how it was an easy decision for him to re-sign with the Kings and he was so excited to be on this team. Mm-hmm. You and I like what we see out of Alex Len, but he seems to be more of a, a matchup specific type guy that you, you throw out there in certain situations. But 22 minutes for Rashawn tonight, two of six from the field only four points, six rebounds, a steal. We got to see him hit that push shot, which yep. seems like it's been a while. But what'd you like, what'd you dislike out of Rashawn's game tonight?
0: Um, I liked that he was just kind of picking his his spots again more. He he looked more like more like himself. I mean, that one huge dunk that he ends up missing in the third quarter. I haven't really seen him attack the rim like that in a long time, you know. So I, I liked Seeing that it, again, it, like you said, he's just kind of going to have to continue to get used to this new role of coming off the bench, and he's also playing with a completely different group of players. Yeah, like most of these guys coming off the bench now weren't even on the Kings for you know last, only, last week. Only two so, guys, only yeah. two
2: guys that came off the bench with Rashawn Holmes exactly. played on the Kings, which is crazy. So it's going to take some time,
0: and uh, you know, I still think it really depends a lot on his his mental state his attitude how he's going to approach the rest of the season knowing that
2: his his role on this team has drastically changed alex has got an awesome comment here Uh, i'm okay with buddy or with dante taking buddy shots because he doesn't play buddy defense
0: (laughs) hey i I couldn't have said it better myself that's fantastic
2: dude i'm so excited about this bench squad like you know, we all talked about a few years ago with, with Shumper, right? We had the Liddy committee coming off yeah. the bench and, yeah. but dude, this, this lineup, I, I love Davion Mitchell, Dante DiVincenzo. You have Rashawn Holmes, who I think is a starting quality center. And then you have these guys like Metu, who can have huge games, still going to see what we're, what we can get from Trey Lyles and a guy like Josh Jackson, uh, you know, Damian Jones didn't play Keita didn't play Lewis King or Alex Len, But, This Kings team has a pretty awesome bench. And just looking at those two guards, and DiVincenzo and Mitchell, I love the combination, and that really makes it hard on a lot of other teams in this league. And I think as the season progresses, we're going to see times where Fox and Sabonis are able to sit on the bench, get some rest, Mm -hmm. like we saw them do in the third quarter in this game. And the Kings aren't going to fall behind a bunch of points like they have in the past.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the total team defense, whether it's the starters or the bench, is is going to continue to improve over the rest course of the rest of this season. The question is how much improvement can they really make in that short amount of time. But when you're as bad as the Kings have been over the past few years, any type of improvement is going to be very, very impactful yeah. for the team.
2: Yeah, Brian, that Rashawn dunk would have been so dope, man. Yeah, it, I'm it really bummed. And, yeah, as you mentioned, Terrence Davis is out for the rest of the season. Kings are cold today. Move on. All good. I feel the exact same way.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're on the road. You know, they really haven't – they started off the year playing really well on the road, but they have played horribly on the road lately. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that they, like you said earlier, kept on battling uh, even when they got off to that super slow start, got down big early in the first quarter – The old Kings team before the trade deadline, it would have been over. Oh, yeah. They'd be down 30 at halftime. Not this
2: team, though. They were right back in it. Hey, Nikki, welcome in. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, it's funny. You know, like my whole demeanor has changed watching the game, too, right? Like you said, if this was a month ago or just a few weeks ago, I would have been like, oh, this game's over. I thought the Kings had a... Had an opportunity in this game. I, I still had confidence in them with six minutes left. That I'm like, okay, you make a couple shots here, you cut it to ten, and then you know you you get a couple stops on defense, maybe a layup, a couple easy buckets. You're yeah. right back into this game, and it it's funny because as a fan watching on TV, and we're what three thousand miles away. I still have that confidence in the team. I can only imagine what it feels like on the bench and in the locker oh, room sure. of those guys that are like, hey, we still have a shot in this game.
0: Yeah. No, no, I totally agree. Um, I mean, the Kings really end up losing this game. Basically, it comes down to two runs. The the Nets run in the beginning of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter. Yep. You know, if the Kings are able to to make a couple more stops and hit a couple more field goals to break those two runs up, I think it's a totally different game.
2: Yeah, and there's there's a couple points in this game. Not that it really cost the Kings the win, but I was disappointed with the referee calls in this game. There was that challenge, I think, in the third quarter that I thought should have gone the way of the Kings. There was another play where, where Dante saves the ball right on the corner. Yep. It looked like he saved it before he stepped out of bounds. And then just calls with, you know, Sabonis getting contact, De'Aaron Fox getting contact. Maybe on Mitchell,
0: for some reason, the guy, they will not give him a charge. I don't know what it is. They just will not give him a charge.
2: It's crazy. And we don't like to blame this. You know, I'm not blaming this loss on the referees because it's not. This is solely on the Kings for not shooting well in this game. But when things like that start to compile over and over again, it really hurts your confidence as a player when you're like, dude, what can I do out here? I'm getting worked. Like – especially like you're saying for the charge calls is it's like a charge is such a difficult play. Cause you're literally putting your body on the line yeah. and like, okay, hit me. And if you do that over and over again and you're not getting any calls, what like human nature tells you not to do it again.
0: Right. Right. And and that one, you know, it it was, it, it really could have gone either way. I've seen Davion take some they weren't called charges, but I've seen him take some f- surefire charges earlier really? this year that he did not get the calls for. This one, he was still in a you know good defensive position. He was just not – he didn't quite beat the guy totally to the spot. I think it was Cam Thomas, but
2: – He had a great game too.
0: He had a great game as well. And, and you know, the, again, that's like – this Brooklyn roster, there's a reason why people were all saying at the beginning of the year that this is the most talented roster in basketball yeah. and they just traded away an MVP. And they're still probably one of the two or three most talented yep. rosters in basketball. So they've got tons of guys that can play.
2: Yeah. Katie's still out with injury. Kyrie Irving couldn't play cause it was a home game. I still haven't really heard what's going on with Ben Simmons and when he might be available, but you know, the guys, they brought in Seth Curry, Andre Drummond both played great tonight. And it ends up in a Brooklyn Nets win. Anything that really jumped out at the team stats? I, I know we talked about field goal percentage. We talked about steals. Or I mean, sorry, assists. We talked about turnovers. Anything else here that really, really jumped out to you? No, I mean that,
0: that pretty much covers it for me. Obviously, the shooting numbers for the Kings are are really hard to look at. Um, and then the, you see the Nets shoot over fifty percent. You know, that's a huge hole to dig yourself out of. But yeah, for me, the biggest thing is the assists. Because we've seen this team just in the the couple of games that we've had these new players on the roster. They're really moving the ball very well together. It doesn't look like the same offense they had before the trade deadline where at times the ball would move, you know, really well around the perimeter. um, And then it would just get into De'Aaron Fox's hands or Buddy Heald's hands. And, you you know, it's a black hole. It never comes out. Yep, They've been much, much better at – you know, finding guy open guys cutting, they can play inside out now with Sabonis, which is something they haven't been able to do. But today, uh, you know, because of the missed shots and also just a little bit less movement on the court, 12 assists, not going to get it done for this team.
2: Yeah. Another thing that really jumped out to me was fast break points. Only four fast break points tonight for Sacramento, 17 for Brooklyn. I, I feel like that's, an area where the Kings really can uh, succeed, you know, is in these fast break opportunities. But when you're turning the ball over, stuff like that, it really makes yeah. it hard. But I do have to say, it was really exciting to not see when the Kings are down, they just start jacking up threes. Right. You know, like it, there's something ab- about that, right? It's like a love-hate relationship because you're down 20 and you're like, oh, three threes and I'm I'm right back in the game. But they have to be good shots and they have to go in. <laughs> if, yeah. if they don't, then, you know, you, you put yourself in an even worse position because you're, you're basically having an empty possession and you're giving the ball over to the other team. That's something we saw way too often with guys like Buddy Heald on this team. We did not see that in this game tonight. Yes, they took a couple bad shots. I, I know DiVincenzo had an air ball in this game or possibly two air balls from three. But they're not just jacking up shots. They're actually playing well. They're playing within an offense. They just honestly didn't shoot well in this game tonight. And that, I mean, you have bad nights shooting.
0: Yeah, you you do have bad nights shooting. And, you know, again, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but the more reps, the more practice time that this team gets together, I think they're going to be, especially the starting five, is going to be a really good half-court offensive team. I mean, being able to play four out with reliable shooters, and one inside with a guy in Sabonis who is capable of getting his own shot and finding open teammates. That they have a lot of different, um, you know, sets and options that they're now able to run because of that. They can be a very dynamic offense. Uh, Justin Holiday and Harrison Barnes are great cutters, cutting to the basket. So I, I think this team is going to be really good in the half court. You know, probably once we get into the the first quarter of next season after they've had a, a bunch of reps. But I think you're right, too. They can also look to get out and run a little bit
2: more. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Blazers and the Pelicans both win tonight. The Kings lose. The Spurs did lose. Let's take a look here at the standings. So your Sacramento Kings are currently 15 games below 500. again. They're at 22 and 37 on the season. Vinny, can you show my screen here? There are three spots from the bottom here. You have the Spurs at 22 and 36, just above them. Then you have the Pelicans at 23 and 34. And then the Trailblazers seem to still be holding on to that 10th spot yeah. at 24 and 34. Portland maybe knew something that
0: the rest of us did not. I mean, I they're playing really inspired basketball right now. Anthony Simons. Yeah. We've talked about him you know, before on this show. I, I think the dude is officially here in the NBA now. Him and Damian Lillard together are going to be a pretty scary combination, I think, when Dame comes back. Josh Hart had a great game for them today. So, you know, they're they're clinging on, hanging on here. But all, it's going to come down to maybe the last day of the season between these yeah. four teams. Like it it it's, could. They're really, really tight right now, and I don't see any one team – being able to get that much separation, you know, from here to the rest of the season. So it's going to be a, a race to the, to the bottom of the finish line.
2: <laughs> With this playing tournament, it it's just adds a whole new other element of like surprise, which is crazy. You know, if, if two years ago, if I were to tell you, Calvin, the eighth seed in the West is the Clippers and they're two games below 500. You'd be like, get out of here, dude. The West right. is never below 500. Right. Then you look at a team like the Blazers they're 10 games below 500, and they still have a chance to make the playoffs, yeah. which is crazy. The Kings are two wins behind them. You know, it's not a lot. But, you know, what they say, you, all you need is a chance, right? Yeah. So if you are able you to make that 10th seed, y- you have your ticket to the dance and potentially maybe due to injuries or, or just, you know, the team actually gaining some more chemistry and playing good basketball. Yeah. They could potentially upset a team and make it into that into that uh, play-in tournament and into the playoffs. But just looking here at the eighth seed, Kings are six games back.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's not do, bad. Think, it's doable. I mean, six I games is a lot with 23 only games, 23 games 23. left. That That's a steep hill to climb. But, you know, I really think if you're looking at, at the Kings here as a fan, as a member of the team, the coaching staff, whatever – I personally don't really think there's a bad way they can end this season. Yeah. You either make the play in tournament, which gives you an opportunity to get into the real tournament, which would be great, right? I mean, yes, the draft pick won't be as good then. We're going to but a playoff I, I think team that if they make the playoffs. There's a lot of really good things that this team could take away from having the, the experience of being in the playoffs. And then on the flip side of that, if you don't make the playoffs, you've gotten this time now to kind of get, the new players on this team integrated and and get some, develop some chemistry and all that. And then your draft pick is much, much better. So I really think the Kings, they're not necessarily playing with house money here at this point, but Monty has set them up for success going into next season. I think regardless of how the year ends.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I got to give a shout out to Monty for doing a great job, rebuilding, adding talent, keeping your draft picks, uh, he said that these trades didn't just make us better this year, but it made us better for the future exactly. as well. And he has the flexibility, and maybe we'll see a big move in the offseason. I'm not quite sure. All right, Calvin, I think I'm done talking about this game. Anything else you want to mention? Did we go over your keys to the game? We did not go over the keys to the game. We can touch on those real quick, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll, then we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll
0: just go real quickly because, you know, my keys to the game were really more of uh, – they weren't necessarily analytical it, it was more of just this team needs you know more reps together number one was to keep the keep working on the chemistry which you know even if you lose and shoot have a tough shooting night every minute every play that they run together they're working on that chemistry number two uh was get the bench going. they did a little bit better tonight i mean it was great to see dante DiVincenzo, you know kind of feel a little he definitely looked more comfortable he didn't shoot well but he looked like he was more aggressive he was looking for a shot they just didn't get you know the maybe the necessary uh well they didn't get anything out of their starters other than De'Aaron fox so that put them in a big hole right there uh and then number three was the fox and the falcon De'Aaron had a a good game again 26 points harrison barnes did not have a good showing offensively today and that uh, definitely
2: contributed to the loss Yep. Well, if you need to break this heel, here's your chance. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown.
1: Welcome back. This is the Round the Crown. We're
2: talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below. And if you would like to join the Royal family, please hit that subscribe button. Well, Calvin, the news of the day. Tyreek Evans has officially been reinstated into the NBA. If you've been a Kings fan for... Five-plus years. I'm sure you know the name Tyreek Evans. He won Rookie of the Year in Sacramento. I think he was like one of three players, including, what was it, LeBron James and Magic Johnson, average 25-5 and five in his rookie season. Oscar Robertson. Or, sorry, and, and Big O, Oscar Robertson. He is officially reinstated after being out for three years due to, uh, I think it was like a PED or drug violation. Yes,
0: he violated the anti-drug,
2: NBA's drug policy. So he's officially able to start negotiating with teams today, and he can officially sign with a team on Friday. The last time we saw him was in 2017 with the Memphis Grizzlies. He was averaging 19-5-5, five, five, which are pretty good numbers in close to those rookie year uh, numbers that it, I had mentioned. pretty good enough. Calvin, what do you think's going on with Tyreek Evans? Do you think we'll see him in the NBA this season? Should the Kings take a chance on him? Or you think he's going to end up with a contender?
0: I would definitely expect him to end up with a contender over anybody. I would be – the fact that we're past the trade deadline now, for a guy that hasn't played in three years, I think it would be – it would surprise me to see someone sign him this season. Especially a contender because – you know, a contender is going to be relying on him for not 30 minutes a game, but they're going to be relying on him big time to play a specific role. Uh, And for a guy that's missed that much time, it it would, it would just surprise me. So I'd be, I would expect much more to see if somebody is going to take a chance on Tyreek Evans to sign him in the off season. That way he can come in, get training camp with the team uh, preseason, all that stuff together, and then get a fresh start next season. As far as Sacramento goes, I love Tyree Kevins. You know, he was a great king while he was here, but please, Monty, do not sign him. <laughs> <laughs> they do not need him right now. He would clog this lineup. They're a very deep team. I don't know where they would find any minutes for him anyway. Yep, yep. I don't think that it would be a, uh, a good thing for the Kings.
2: If he hadn't brought in guys like Justin Holiday and a bunch of these other wings, I, I might be open – to bringing in a guy like Tyreek Evans, I'm really interested whether he still has that purple Lambo that I know he got busted <laughs> yeah. on, on, what was it uh, 80 or, or something 99 driving yeah. like 150 miles an hour, which is really ridiculous. Um, but I expect him to sign with a team, maybe like the Lakers who I was going to say, keep your make, eyes on the Lakers. Yeah. They need Although to make they change. They want Goran Dragic. Yeah. for sure well they need a lot of guys yeah they they've needed to make some changes they're struggling they were not able to make a move at the deadline so a team like that I feel like just kind of waits for guys like this to be available to add for a late season push I also would include the Nets in that category uh, maybe a team yeah. like the 76ers that have given up a bunch of pieces yep. to bring yeah, in a guy yeah, like James true. Harden there will definitely be places for Tyreek Evans to land this season if he so chooses to right Nets packed the paint. Drummond sagged off Sabonis and let him shoot jumpers. The fact that we were missing uh, threes hurt our spacing as well. Yeah, I mean, just straight up, the Kings didn't make shots tonight. Uh, Sabonis said in, in his uh, post-game press conference he needs to be more aggressive. He said it's difficult when you come to a new team, a new city. You don't want to step on anybody's toes. You want to guys, let guys get their thing. He said he's been passing a lot more lately to just try and become part of this team. But he said he learned his lesson tonight. and He's going to be more aggressive when guys sag off off of him. He's going to take the shot. He's uh, he's going to play his game. He said he didn't play his game tonight.
0: Yeah, he needs to play like – even if De'Aaron Fox is the number one option on this team, he needs to play like a number one option every night for the Kings. They, they, he's, they need him to
2: be an all-star. Like That's yep.
0: that's his role
2: on this team. So, Yep. So, Calvin, it, I want to take a look here at the Kings starters. You know, we've seen a pretty consistent lineup since the trade here. We have De'Aaron Fox starting, Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, Harrison Barnes, and Sabonis. We've seen so many different starting lineups this season, right, uh, with guys coming in and out of the lineup due to COVID, due to injuries, uh, due to just not good offensive flow and coaching staff just yeah. saying, hey, I'm going to start this guy uh, due to matchups, stuff like that. Yeah, due to a coaching change. Also. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on this starting five. As we mentioned, De'Aaron Fox was the only guy in double figures tonight uh, out of the starting lineup. Are you happy with this five? Are you going to keep rocking with it? Would you prefer something else? Uh, where do you sit here on this starting lineup? I'm very happy with
0: the starting lineup. As I think I said after the first game, they used this starting lineup right after they traded for Sabonis. This is what the Kings wanted to look like at the beginning of this season. We talked a lot before the season started about small ball, Mm -hmm. three guard lineup, all of that stuff. This team is, this starting five is not as small as what we were talking about with that lineup before, but they're exactly what this team needs to be, I think, in order to to have success. As we mentioned before, they can now play a four out, one inside offense. You've got reliable shooters. Mo Harkless has been very inconsistent from three this year, but he has been much, much better as of late defensively though that's where they need to make their biggest strides right or or take the big the next big step and this team this starting five defensively is much much better equipped than what they were before with all these rotating pieces uh you've got very versatile players that can switch a lot you know we talked early on in the season about how the kings should not switch as many screens as they do because they're they put themselves in bad situations well now you've got your forwards are Mo Harkless and Harrison Barnes. Very interchangeable, lots of length defensively, can guard multiple positions, perfect for switching. De'Aaron Fox has looked much, much more engaged, mm-hmm. giving much more effort on the defensive end, which is great. He and was then playing Justin good H- defense. Tonight. He was. Yeah. He was. And then Justin Holiday is another one of those guys that's a very scrappy player, uh, defensively, has a lot of length as well, and can get through, fight through screens. Um, so I-, I think that the this should be the Kings starting five moving forward. You can argue, you know, maybe Davion gets a nod or, or DiVincenzo instead of Justin Holiday, something like that. But I think this is the right group for them to keep
2: keep with moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I feel like if this Kings team is going to continue to do what they say, and that's play fast, I like this lineup a lot. You know, one, one of my big issues with Rashawn Holmes – was Rashawn was not a great defense, or sorry, a great rebounder, and that really affected this team. Sabonis is an amazing rebounder. I think he's probably you know one of the best rebounders in the league, maybe top five rebounder in the league. And then you do have Harrison Barnes at that four position, which is is a little more difficult on the defensive end of the floor. But as far as offense, you have Sabonis grabbing the rebound, the defensive rebound, and you have these other four guys running up the court. Great passing. I think this team is capable of shooting very well. And I just, I love the switchability. I love the versatility of this starting lineup. And honestly, for me, it's also, you you look at the bench, I'm happy to have guys like DiVincenzo and Mitchell coming off the bench. I really am. I think that that gives this team uh, another advantage. And as I mentioned earlier, it allows them to, rest guys in the starting lineup and not come back into the game down 15 points.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this team has an identity now as to where they did not have an identity before they were yep. constantly trying to look like two different teams, depending on who had the ball, De'Aaron Fox or Tyree Saliburton or Buddy Hill or Buddy Hill. <laughs> yeah. I guess three different teams. Um, but now, you know, you've got a, a complete, a complete roster like a, a lineup that actually can can play together yep. uh the ability i'll keep saying it but the ability to play inside out you're gonna get much more open looks from three that way sabonis is a, a guy that you can actually run offense through in the post whereas Rashawn holmes even though i love him is not that type of guy they, they just they're much more dynamic uh group right now in terms of they can do a lot of different things they have great cutters on this team too so these pieces complement each other well it's just a question of you know how much can they really click together and and will this coaching staff or the next coaching staff that they bring in next season be able to maximize what the abilities are of this this group of players
2: exactly Want to give a shout out to Fred here. Thank you, Fred, for the super chat. Thank you for all your support. We really, really appreciate it. As many of you know, we just recently passed a thousand subscribers and we were able to finally monetize this channel. So we will be bringing you even more content than normal. If you'd like to support us, you can give us a super chat. You can give us a super sticker. We would much appreciate it. Buy us a beer, or you can head on over to RoyalRebounds.com. Check out our store. We have a couple uh, awesome hats, some shirts. We greatly appreciate all your guys' support, and we will continue to bring you fresh Kings content. All right, Calvin, I, I want to take a little, a little dive here into uh, maybe a sore subject for Kings fans, but Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs>
0: Too soon, too soon.
2: Dude has been playing really, really well in Indiana. I know it's only been two games, and they unfortunately lost both of those games. But, you know, the 11th against the Cavaliers, 23 points, (coughs) 6 assists. Then he follows that up on the 13th with 22 points and 16 assists. Two huge games for Tyrese Halliburton. I'm still a Tyrese fan. You know, I'm going to root for the guy no matter what team he's on. Of course, if the Pacers are playing the Kings, I am definitely going to be rooting for the Kings. But uh, I think it's, uh, I think there are certain trades. I feel like any good trade or any good situation in life is a give or take, right? Like you find a way for it to be positive for both teams. And that's kind of how I'm viewing this trade is it's, it's giving Tyrese an opportunity to, to go to a new city, basically have the keys to the franchise, uh, be able to grow and learn. I, I think from the front office standpoint, they're going to continue to lose games through the rest of the season so that they will be able to pair him with another high draft pick. You look at Sacramento, they were able to bring in a running mate for Fox that complements him, doesn't play the same position, uh, does some of the things that the Kings have really needed, and then they were also able to bring in a couple you know, wings to play as well. So, you know, just looking back on this trade, I I know uh, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, maybe our thoughts will be a little bit different, but I just got to give a shout out to to Tyrese. He's playing excellent ball uh, in Indiana. And, you know, I think it's a good trade for both teams.
0: Yes, I agree completely with you there. It was a good trade for both teams, just like this trade, I think kind of unleashed or unlocked De'Aaron Fox a little bit. It did the same thing for Tyrese. You know, I, I still go back to how I felt when the Kings drafted Tyrese in that I didn't like the fit of him and De'Aaron Fox That's together. That's the first thing you said. That's the very first thing I said. You know, I, they, there probably was some alternate reality or universe where the two of them would have worked together, maybe if they had different teammates Or, you know, the roster was built out a little different way. But I think that this trade was good for both of those players and for both teams. I mean, Indiana is set up now for the future. They've got their backcourt set for, you know, they probably are hoping the next 10 years with Duarte and Tyrese Halliburton. Really good start for them. And then the Kings, you know, I think are in a better position now, too. So, but you're right. We're uh, we're always going to be, or at least the two of us are always going to be Tyrese fans. I wish him all the best and all the success wherever he's playing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's I mean you you want to root for everybody. You you don't want to, you know, be a hater or uh you know, any of that stuff, but you know, just wish everybody the most success as possible. And hey, like I said, I think this will be a good trade for many teams. I like Sabonis a lot, man. I I really do. I know he didn't have his best game tonight, but I just I love the demeanor I love the openness, like, even the post-game press conferences where he's just like, I made a mistake. I need to do better. I learned from tonight. I'm ready to move on. You see him on the court. He's always positive. He always seems to have a good vibe. I know it's a very small sample size so far, but, you know, I just – I love him smiling. And as you mentioned, it it unlocked guys like Deer and Fox, who's like, okay, this franchise is finally doing something to help me out. (laughs) They're making my job easier. You know – I've been a manager in multiple jobs and I always feel like the manager's job is to make everybody's job easier, right? Like that, that's your number one goal. And maybe Monty, you know, I I praise him for a bunch of the moves and the things he's done, but over the last two seasons, I don't know if he's really made De'Aaron Fox's job easier, right? He's, he's drafted guys at the same position. He's been very patient. Some might say too patient in adding talent for De'Aaron Fox. He was finally aggressive. He finally made a move. And I think that really proved to Deer and Fox that this franchise is building around me. Yep. I'm the centerpiece, and he's definitely showing it on the court.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, Sas so, uh, says Gentry threw in the threw in the entire bench every time we made a comeback. Any thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, I
0: mean, I I agree with you. Uh, it seemed like Fox and Sabonis were out got almost a, the whole
2: third quarter. They, they
0: were out for a long time. You know, some of that is fouls. Some of it is just trying to get the rotation in. I mean, I feel like the Kings' rotations have been off all season long. Um, and some of that, sure, I think you can can uh, put on the coaching staff. Other parts of that you you can just put to the players not playing well or not being the right type of fit around each other, all that stuff. So – I mean, your starters can't play all 48 minutes, not all five of them, you know, like, sure, maybe you, every game you can probably go back and say, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have subbed these these guys in at this time or, or something like that. But I'm not so sure how much, because of the way the team was shooting, first of all, <laughs> I don't know how much the the timing of the substitutions really affected the Kings losing in this game.
2: Yeah, Dennis, we read the article, um, you know, Life Goes On by Tyree Saliburton. I guess it's, you know, a guy being a a little emotional, letting you know his thoughts and how exactly he feels. You know, we're going to continue to root for him. But uh, I think everybody was blindsided by the deal. So, you know, it it just kind of goes to show from there on Alfie says it's not all Sabonis's fault it it wasn't Sabonis's fault the Kings I I don't know anybody that's saying it's all Sabonis's fault the Kings just didn't shoot well yeah but Sabonis is supposed to be a leader on this team and as a leader even though it's not all your fault, it is your fault, right? Like you take responsibility and I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying it's yeah. his fault, you, but you I take,
0: like, you take all the blame when the team loses and yeah. you give all the credit when the team wins. Like I like that, how you know, in the post-game, the traditional leader.
2: Right I like how in the post-game press conference, he doesn't throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. He takes responsibility and he says, I need to be yeah, better. I mean, look, what else could you ask for?
0: Yeah. The, these, this group of players has only played three games together and it, so it, it's just going to take time. I mean, they shot, horribly today like it if they had made you know three more three or four more threes it's a totally different game so you can't win them all like we said earlier we were happy with the effort that the team provided you know that the defense is looking better and i i do think that every time this team takes the court or the practice court it's going to get a little bit better
2: for them yeah I want to talk a little bit more about Dante DiVincenzo just because I've been so thrilled watching this guy play this season. You know, I I really didn't watch him too much early on. I, I, I saw him, but I didn't really start paying attention to him until the Kings tried to do that sign and trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich for DiVincenzo. And then I started watching him a little bit closer and I'm like, okay, I like this guy. You know, he, he can do everything on the basketball court. He's got a lot of energy, you know and this and that, but since he's come to Sacramento, I've seen a little bit more. He's only 25 years old. His birthday was just a few weeks ago. He's played what 177 games in the NBA so far. He's averaging just under nine points per game. Uh, his effective field goal per, uh, percentage is, is 52%. He's shooting 34 from three point range for his career. Uh, Calvin, I just want to hear your thoughts on what exactly Dante brings to this team, what we can expect for him. I know we talked about starting lineups and how you and I both like pairing him with Davion Mitchell and bringing him off the bench. But the guy is so young. Yeah. And he already has a ring. I, I feel like a lot of guys, you know, you look at Trevor Reza, he won a ring with the Lakers. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to go get paid. I'm going to go do my thing. He's a free agent at the end of the season. The Kings have talked about how they've had their eyes on this guy for a long time, Mm -hmm. and he's a piece. So uh, that would make me think that the Kings plan on re-signing this guy in the offseason. I am totally on board for that. So I just want to hear your thoughts on him, what you like, what you dislike, what you think we can expect from him through the rest of the season and potentially beyond that.
0: Well, there's. I don't think there's much to dislike about him. I, I've been a huge fan of Dante DiVincenzo ever since his college days. My Michigan Wolverines got lit up by him in the national championship game four, five years, four or five years ago. Um, it, he is just a really solid all around player. You know, we talk a lot about Harrison Barnes and that he can do so many things well on the basketball court. Maybe he's not all-star level at any one particular area, but he's above average on just about all of them. DiVincenzo is the same way. Yeah. All the guys that go play for Jay Wright at Villanova are NBA-ready the minute they step onto an NBA floor. It doesn't matter if they've played four years at Villanova or one year at Villanova. He is great at preparing his guys for the next level. All NBA coaches talk about that when they're dealing with players that come out of that program. He went to a great spot to land right out of college with the milwaukee bucks where Mm -hmm. he played for a winning culture Um, he's a really solid defender uh you know average shooter but again i i think that now that he's in a new role he's going to get more opportunity on this team you know with the bucks sure they relied on him they played him you know decent minutes but he was way way down on the pecking order on that team He's not at the top of the list in Sacramento, but he's much higher than he was in Milwaukee. So he's going to get more opportunity now. I think that his game is going to develop a little bit more with this team. I don't know what his total ceiling is. I mean, I, I feel like he could grow into a starter's role uh, where he's, you know, kind of like a, a he's a two-way player, like a three-and-D guy, not an all-star maybe, but a really solid player that you can count on night in and night out. And uh, I'm excited to see what what this guy's progression will be like on this team. But he does – he brings a lot to the table. He does a lot of things really well. He's a very instinctual player. You can see that defensively. Uh, Reads passing lanes really, really well. Good help defender. Good on-ball defender. Um, He's got a lot of skills. So it's just a matter of how he can kind of take that next step now that he's on a team that's going to maybe ask a little bit more of him than the championship team he was on with the Bucs.
2: Yeah, and you know this is only his 18th game of the season after suffering, you know, a devastating ankle injury and having surgery on that. I think he's definitely on the up and up. I, I like everything that that he's doing on the court. I, I love his enthusiasm, energy. We talk about effort. I think he is a great two way player, and he is still very young. So I, I expect him to keep getting better and better and better. Uh, is there a guy? you know nba current or past that that this guy really reminds you of um
0: that's a good question i i would have to think a little bit more about that before i gave a really concrete answer um but you know he reminds me of of a solid two-way player i mean there's a lot of those guys out there really good mid-range game um yeah, I'll think more about that and I'll get back to you.
2: Okay. And I know I didn't ask you about your king of the game because the Kings actually lost tonight. As you can see, Peja is very disappointed. He's uh, not looking at the camera tonight. But my king of the game was DiVincenzo. It really was. I know he didn't play that well offensively. Okay. Um, you know, Darren Fox had 26 points in this game. Yeah. But I'm just so Eight surprised. Eight rebounds and five steals. So. Yeah. The rebounding is incredible. I didn't know this guy was this good of a rebounder. And it just seemed like he was either in the right position every time or, like, he's timing his jump perfect. Like, I saw him getting rebounds over LaMarcus Aldridge, like a bunch of these bigger guys. And then he just seemed to be so, so active in this game. He would have had another steal if it wasn't for that bad call, of like them saying it was out of bounds. But uh, I love everything I've seen from DiVincenzo and – I'm actually going to disagree with you on this, Calvin. I think he could be an all-star. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: That, I, I would be surprised, honestly, to see him get to all-star level uh, play. Not that he's you know, not a good basketball player. I, I think he's a very good basketball player. But I, I would be surprised to see him make an all-star team. I would.
2: Yeah. Trevor says, do you think the Kings bench is too deep? Maybe there isn't enough playing time for everyone to be happy.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think you can make that statement for this bench the entire season before they even traded for all of these guys. You could see that night in and night out when every night was a different lineup, a different set of three guys first coming off the bench. You know, the, The Kings have kind of been all over the map in terms of really settling down as to this is our first starting five, this is our second starting five. Now they have even more talent on the bench than they had before the trade deadline. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of truth to that. I also think that that's – Monty McNair is well aware of that, and he's talking about this offseason they're set up for more improvements to come. They have their draft picks. So you might see another trade or two here in the offseason that kind of clears up the logjam they have on, on the bench. What do you think he's gonna target in the offseason? What does he need? Good question. He, they really filled a lot of needs with, in this past trade deadline. Um, I, I think that they they probably want to have, you know, the incumbent or the successor to what Harrison Barnes' role on this team is. And you're mm-hmm. obviously you're gonna look for a player that's Eventually, better than what Harrison Barnes is right now. But, you know, Harrison is one of the older players on this team. Um, Who knows how much longer he's going to be in Sacramento? He plays a very big role for this team in that he does a lot of things. He plays, you know, multiple positions, guards multiple positions, reliable scorer, outside shooter, all that stuff. Good rebounder. So I think they need to maybe look to the draft or look to make a trade for a young wing player um, that's going to be that next guy in Sacramento to play alongside. Fox and Sabonis. Um, But other than that, you know, I I love the bench that they've got right now. I I think it's probably one of the better benches in the NBA once these guys get more playing time together. So I'd be looking at young wing players that are going to be the the eventual successors to the guys like Mo Harkless and Harrison Barnes, first and foremost.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I I feel like most of the guys they brought in here, they're like, we need defense, right? Like, defense, defense, well, defense. Well, sure. It goes without these, saying they yeah. always need to be looking at defense. All these guys they brought in are just great defenders, and I really love it. I, I think the only thing this team is still really missing is a good rim protector. You know, we yeah. saw the the block tonight, by Rashawn Holmes, which I thought was a clean block, like, I was so surprised that even challenging that play, that it was called a goaltend, I think that's a bunch of BS, honestly. And I felt like I was watching Kings Lakers in the Western conference finals of like 20 years ago. But I I think that that's the one thing that this team is really still missing is a great rim protector.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, They really have committed to Sabonis though, who I I think he can hold his own inside due to his size, but you you never really think of him as a rim protector. So uh, on that note, you know what they decide to do long-term with Rashawn Holmes is I think that it was the biggest question to me last off season is whether or not they would re-sign him. It's the biggest question to me this off season is what do they do with him? Are they going to try to move him? Are they going to continue to use him as their backup center? Uh, It's a,
2: they've got a real decision to make there. I think I'm going to put you on the spot here, Cal let's, Let's flash back to the start of the season. If the Kings had this lineup, they started the season with this entire team now. Yeah. And with Coach Gentry, where do you think they would be right now?
0: That's a very hard question to answer. I think they would be ahead of where like the Spurs and the Pelicans and the Blazers are now. The question is how much ahead of them would they be? You know, could they be right around where the Clippers are for the eight seed, it, it's possible. I, I, I think there's still – you need to see this team play together more before you really make that type of determination. I am confident that they would have a better record than they do currently. The yeah. question is, how much better would it really be?
2: Yeah, I see a lot of people here in the chat just talking about how the team just needs more time. Yeah. And honestly, I think that that's their biggest need right now too – so we have one more game against the Bulls, and then they have a week off. I think Davion's going to be the only one involved in All-Star festivities yeah, it, now it looks that, like that. that Tyrese is gone. So they are going to have an entire week off to hopefully get on the same page, get some practice time, uh, you know, get some momentum and some consistency between these players. And I expect them to uh, have a ne- uh, like an exciting next month or so of basketball. But speaking of that, Calvin, it's break time again. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings' next week of basketball
1: with Kings Crusade.
2: <clears throat> Welcome to Royal Rebounds, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to get back into the playoffs next up is the Chicago Bulls if you're a Kings fan make sure you hit that like button down below and if you enjoy awesome Kings content like this please hit that subscribe button to join the royal family with Calvin Vinny and I and if you would like to be notified when we put out a new video make sure you hit that notification cowbell we gotta give a shout out to Asha for giving us yes. another super sticker here. Asha is very active in the chat. Thank you, Asha. Uh, that looks like it might be a, a Valentine Shiba Inu.
0: <laughs> yes, it does look like that. Or it's a Valentine Swipe of the Fox.
2: Shiba to the moon. Yeah, Dennis, we talked about Tyreek uh, Evans and his potential return to the NBA. <laughs> I think he will be signed. Uh, potentially on Friday, and, and we're both predicting Lakers, right?
0: Yeah, I would definitely have keep my eyes on the Lakers, especially if they somehow lose out on Goran Dragic. Yep.
2: All right, Kyle, let's talk about the Bulls. I, I know. Uh, let's talk about you the know boys. you grew up in Chicago <laughs> before uh, moving to California where we I met, did. and you are I, I would call the Bulls your Eastern Conference team. <laughs> you could say that, yes. How are you feeling about this Bulls game?
0: Well, uh, I don't feel great about it from a Kings perspective. Uh, I mean, the the Bulls obviously have been a very solid, solid team all season long. The the thing that the Kings have going for them, which I don't know how much it actually works to their advantage because of their uh, recent track record with this. But a bunch of the best players on Chicago are not going (laughs) to play in this game. Zach Levine's out. Alonzo Ball is out. Alex Caruso is out. Patrick Williams has been out for a long time. However, Bulls do have this guy named DeMar DeRozan that plays for them. And when he shoots it, it goes in. When he in. shoots it, it goes in. And he will be playing on Wednesday night. He just had 40 points tonight against the Spurs. I think that's now six consecutive games for him over 35 points. It's truly incredible what he's done this year out of control. for them. And they also have a guy named Nikola Vucevic who I think has been flying under the radar all season long. Yep. He's been a double-double machine. He had 25 points for them today against the Spurs. So this, is, this game is really going to come down to two matchups for me. Whoever it is guarding DeRozan, which it's probably going to be more than one person anyway, but I would expect to see Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless kind of back and forth on him to start things. And then Sabonis and Vucevic in the middle. That's the matchup I'm watching. That, that's a big-time yep. matchup. If the Kings can, they don't have to necessarily win both of those matchups, but they can't get blown away either Yeah, because the Bulls have, you know, they've got reliable role players and they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They have been all year long. Lonzo and Zach Levine and Alex Caruso definitely contribute to that a lot, but they still have a ton of players that can shoot it. The Kings traditionally have been really bad against defending the three. So Mm -hmm. that's another really key, um, Part of this game to watch.
2: Yeah, I think this could be a high scoring game. I expect uh, one, if not two teams, to be scoring 120 points in this game. But as you mentioned, I, I think for me, the biggest need is the Kings' need to control the glass in this game. And then they just have to shoot better than they did tonight. Like, oh, yeah, like they're definitely
0: going to have to shoot straight
2: better up. than 34% from the field. So let's jump here into your keys of the game.
0: Yeah, Uh, well, I kind of alluded to a couple of them already. Number one is take uh, or force the ball out of DeMar DeRozan's hands. Again, much more easier said than done, but with no Zach Levine and all these other guys, the the Bulls really have two options offensively, and they're going to try to play through DeMar DeRozan as much as possible in this game. So I think the Kings need to double him a bunch. They just need to try to force it out of his hands as much as they can. Uh, and, you know, Vucevic, again, that's going to be another matchup to, to watch. But DeRozan is the guy for the Bulls. So the, the Kings need to try to focus their defense, you know, shift it towards his side of the floor and see if they can force other guys like Kobe White and all these guys, uh, you know, to to step up and, and be the ones that beat them. Not DeRozan. Number two is guard. The three, as I mentioned before, the Bulls have been basically the number one shooting team from outside all year long. They're now in second place, they're just a 10th of a percentage point away from number one, but they're a great shooting team. Uh, so the Kings perimeter defense is going to be a very important part of this game. And then number three is take care of the ball. Chicago is one of the best in the league at not turning it over. They're a very half court central team, um, isolation basketball with DeMar DeRozan kind of slows the game down. So the Kings can't afford to have another 18 turnover game and let Chicago with guys like, um, Javante Green and and Io Mm. DeSumo who can get out and run and attack the basket for a team that's as good as Chicago is. You can't give them easy opportunities like that. It's it's just going to make it that much more difficult for you.
2: Yeah, it's going to be an exciting game for Kings fans, for Bulls fans, as I mentioned, is the last game going into the all star break, which is always a tough game. Uh, But yeah, Kings need to shoot better. They need to play some defense and they need to get some boards in this game couple things here in the chat to touch on real quick, Calvin. Uh, Ivan says Jeremy Lamb off the bench is good too. We didn't see him tonight. Uh, I really like Jeremy Lamb. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. And then Alex wants to know, what's it going to cost to keep Dante next season?
0: Good question. Uh, You know, I think a lot of that is going to depend on how he finishes out the rest of this season. You know, I, I think that even if he doesn't play that well, the type of player he is, the fact that he can mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff, comes from a winning culture in Milwaukee, has championship experience already at a young age. That makes him valuable to a lot of teams in the NBA. Yeah. The, the question is, what is the you know, the ceiling of, of his salary cap hit? Like, I really think it just depends on the free agent market, how things are working out. Um, I know teams are still, most teams are still strapped for cash, which probably helps Sacramento a little bit. Uh, but I'll be honest, I don't even know what he's making right now. I'm sure it's less than 10 million a year, but I I would think, you know, somewhere in that like nine to nine to 11, 12 million, maybe at the very top is what you could expect from him.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I think, uh, the Kings front office is a huge fan of Dante, as you can tell. They've been chasing him for you know over a year now. But I agree with Calvin. I would look to something similar to what Rashawn Holmes got in this last off season, maybe 11, 12 million or so a year, maybe three, four year deal. I, I think this guy's young. I think that he is one of the guys where this front office is like, okay, we need to change the culture. We need to bring in young guys that try hard, that play both ends of the floor, and we're willing to pay them to lock them up long-term. And I think he will be one of those guys that we will see on this Kings team for the foreseeable future. Unless Monty is able to, you know, let's say, win the draft lottery or something and flip Dante and a pick for a guy that's like a huge impact player coming in. Right, right. All right, so Kings play Bulls on Wednesday. Then they have about, what, seven days off. Yep. Until next Thursday, the four, uh, 24th against the Nuggets. They have two games against the Nuggets. Uh, then they go on to play the Thunder. And then those matchups, we really circled there on the board against the Pelicans and the Spurs. Yes,
0: those are big games. Huge games for About the About as Kings. big of a game as you can get for a team that's more than 10 games under 500.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on All-Star Weekend. You know, there's not many Kings players involved. For me, I feel like I'm going to watch, but the dunk contest has not been the same. The three-point competition has not been exactly the same. But I'm excited for the rest for this Kings team. I'm excited for practice time for them, the ability for some of these new guys to get to know each other a little bit more, work on some chemistry, and then, you know, coming back strong because that's really what they have to do. They need to win at least... At least three of these next six games, I think they have to win the game against the Pelicans. I think they have to win this game against the Spurs. Uh, You know, four, maybe five out of these next six is asking a lot. But if this team really wants to make a move towards the postseason, I think that's what needs to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to make the play-in tournament or the the playoffs, you know, in general, they really can't afford to lose too many more games for the rest the rest of the way, uh, no matter who they're playing. So all of these games are important from here on out for the Kings for a lot of different reasons for playoff potential or playing tournament potential, as well as, you know, building chemistry and working on getting better as a team overall.
2: It's, it's a really critical time for them. Shout out to Brian here for the super chat. We appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Uh, You know, we're spending that on beer. Oh yes. You know it. You know it. All right, Calvin. Well, uh, I think I'm about ready to wrap up the show here. Anything else you want to touch on?
0: Uh, no, I think we've covered it a bunch. It's just funny how different, um, you know, two weeks ago, if we would have done this show and the Kings lost 85 to 109, we'd be like, man, this team sucks. Like they don't play any defense. <laughs> they can't shoot. Buddy healed as a cancer. We just need pass. to get rid of him. All this stuff. <laughs> But here, you know, we made it through the whole show and we're not crying or, you know, I only had one beer. Like, <laughs> it's all good, man. Everything's cool.
2: We're pumping the brakes on the team uh, sucking in the lost season. It's OK. They made good moves. They just didn't shoot well tonight and it ends up in a loss. But as we mentioned, the next week the ne- or sorry, the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks of basketball is really, really important for this Kings team. We're going to have a better idea, idea on maybe playoff seating. We're going to have a better idea on maybe where their draft pick is going to sit. And then, Calvin, next month we're going to be in Vegas – during March Madness.
0: Yes, we are. I cannot so, tell you how excited I am about Yeah, you.
2: we're going to have to get one of those boots. Only my
0: favorite week of the with entire year.
2: All the TVs going, so we're going to be watching all the games. Uh Calvin's going to be doing his scouting That's and right. let you know exactly who the Kings need to draft to make the playoffs next year if they don't trade this pick. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another Royal Rebounds podcast. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much for your super chats, for your likes, for your participation. We're all Kings fans. We all want to work together and see this team do really well. Uh, Make sure you smash up that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you enjoy awesome Kings content like this. We'll see you all Wednesday after the Kings bowls game. Have a wonderful evening. And in the meantime, go Kings.